Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon. What is up, guys and girls? Hurricane Liz here, back for another Professor's Podcast. And this time, it's PPE 3.0. Now, if you haven't been with us for PPE 1.0 and 2.0, then I'm so sorry, guys and girls. You will definitely have missed the handsome devil that we have on bat today, ready to talk about what he's been working on for the past three to four months. And I will say this much before I introduce him, time flies as well as we know that being on Amazon and selling on Amazon is like dog years. So if we really think about this, we haven't seen him in four months, four months times seven, and I will even go out on a limb and I'll have Howie correct me here if I'm wrong. I might even say that the dog years in Amazon are 10. So for every one month in Amazon, you add on 10 years, so it's, or 10 months. So it's kind of like, we haven't seen him in a very long time and everything going on in Amazon strategy, as well as being able to rank and all that good stuff changes dramatically. Like I said, just like the age of your dog. So Howie, what do you think of that? Uh, before we talk about more PPE 3.0, what do you think about the fact that selling on Amazon changes so crazy fast that you really have to be in the loop in order to understand what is hot, what is not, and what will work or what will tank your product. Am I correct in saying that? I believe so. Well, we just had an article published recently from Marketplace Pulse. It was saying like now Chinese sellers are actually about 75% of all new Chinese uh, sellers are actually Chinese compared to a year ago from last year, which is a 48%, I believe. So that's a big, big jump, you know? So people are, are like just like moving into the market and everyone knows that the Chinese sellers does pretty well. Right. And well, let's talk about that here. And we could probably get into this with, with Anthony because we have Anthony Lee on deck. So we'll, we'll jump right in. We'll talk to Anthony. He is the foremost number one guest on this podcast. So today we've got no script. We've got no general questions for Anthony. We don't have the usual questions. We are just going to wing it chicken wing style. Right. And so let, that's going to lead me into the first question. Anthony, as a result of this influx of Chinese sellers is how we just talked about from Market Pulse. What kind of ways do we have for the American or the other international sellers that aren't the direct manufacturer? How are they able to combat this 75% of influx of sellers in order to still be able to get their products sold on Amazon? Let's go to start off there. I know that's probably hard. I know you just got, got up. You're uh, out in the middle of Texas. And I hope you've had your coffee, Anthony, because that, that's a pretty good question for you to get started. Yeah, no, I did actually just drink a pretty large cup, so I'm prepared. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, this is actually a question that I have addressed in the past, and it's it's a fun one. So real quick, backstory, one of my proudest moments, and this was all because of Howard. Howard actually orchestrated this, was me talking about the Western approach and branding and how Westerners approach logistics to a room of like 500 Chinese sellers in China. When an American can come and talk to the Chinese about logistics, that's awesome. So I've addressed this topic before. If you ask experts like Zach Franklin, for example, you know, he's a big advocate for the wonderful things that Chinese sellers are doing. And he'll tell you, you know, everybody used to think that you could just out brand 
Chinese sellers because they don't they don't know anything about that. But now they're getting better at that, too. And and if you talk to them, it kind of seems a little grim, like, oh, my gosh, what can Western sellers do if the if international sellers from Asia are coming in and, and, and coming in hot? But at the same time, I've had the unique pleasure of talking to with a lot of sellers from China, uh, from Taiwan, and the same question keeps coming up. Obviously not from the big guys, right? The big guys know what they're doing, like top level sellers, but the general masses, regardless of where they're from, suffer from the same problems. The number one question I always get is, do you think Americans will like this? How can we appeal to Americans? Because it's in the nuances, right? So even though a lot of sellers from the East are stepping up their game when it comes to their packaging, their branding, and what they're offering, they still struggle with understanding the nuances of what Westerners like. And that is a small chink in the armor, I think. So I come back to it every time. It really is in presentation and branding. I know a lot of people say, hey, branding's a waste of time on Amazon. I disagree, especially since Amazon has been showing us that that's the direction they want sellers to go. That's why they keep providing all these new tools and putting roadblocks in front of people who don't have an established brand because that's the direction they want you to go. And if you go ahead and just lean into that, you'll discover that there is a chink in the armor with people who are just coming in and just trying to sell stuff especially if they're not from the United States. They suffer with nuances, little things. And it's not just like the design of the packaging or the branding either. It's like down to the language, how you say something solves your problem. It's also down to the problems that they solve. You know, there are products in Taiwan, for example, that Americans just don't use. A friend of mine actually owns a factory and he manufactures this little thing. It's an oxygen absorber. And it, that thing is amazing, by the way. They put it in all the packaged food and it like increases the shelf life ridiculous amounts. They don't use that in America because America has wide roads, huge trucks, and lots of cold storage. They can just ship stuff at controlled temperatures. So that's one of those things that he even asked me, can we sell this? And I'm like, we can try, but unless we get some big industrial contracts, like I don't think general consumers are going to think that that's going to be valuable. And those are the kind of nuances I mean. So it, we really do have an advantage just understanding America and Americans from a cultural level. That's how you win. Yeah. Sorry. And I got to agree with you. And I'm going to ask Howie the same thing before we talk a little bit about PP3.0. But I've noticed being a Westerner, well, the biggest thing to me is when you go to China, you can kind of notice these cultural differences as you just walk around there. Like they're wearing shirts, like my shirt, I don't know if you guys can see it. I know this is a family show, but this right here says, oh shit, right? That would be typical American, every day, every good blooded American would be wearing this shirt, right? But in China, they'll somehow incorporate a couple other words that make it totally like, an American would never say that. It's kind of what that reminds me of. And just being able to have walked within China dozens and dozens and hundreds of times, I can clearly see this and what you're talking about in the branding thing. Now, Howie, obviously Howie having been American, 
American and then moving over to China. Howie, what is your take on the same question? And do you agree with Anthony in terms of how he says it's just these minor branding details? And if you have anything more to add, I'm sure the listeners out there would love to hear your input on that. So like uh, Liz, me and you, went. I think I, we went to that uh, $700 million seller's office that we took our uh, mastermind members in Sunjin that one time. Yeah, it's like, I, I see it. They What they do have advantages a lot is that they actually have manpower. Their cost of operation is a lot less. So if you then than the Americans or, or whatnot, and they work that 996 nine hour nine to uh six for six days a week you know it's like very crazy hours so and also i believe that they do have uh, some disadvantage regarding like maybe branding and or maybe the the culture but i think that is a very minimal when they get higher up in the chain when you become higher up the chain or the bigger sellers it becomes minimal because they'll actually hire people from the west to help them uh, with their marketing and stuff. And as well as in, within within China itself, or especially Shenzhen, there's a big expat community that actually they hire those foreigners and bring them into the company and try to like, you know, help out with some of the brandings and stuff like that. But I see that for the big sellers, we're talking about Anchor, we're talking about Empire, we're talking about those big, really huge sellers that are Chinese. A lot of the smaller sellers are actually uh, copying them, you know, so because they're actually getting the Western, like the branding correct, and they're actually, and then the marketing as well. They're actually, the smaller sellers are slowly copying how they do because a lot of people that comes out of these companies, the big sellers, they actually start their own job, uh, company or, or actually get hired by someone else, you know, poaching them. So that's where like the, this, the, the influence or the culture of what works as a big seller, it, get, it actually gets uh, diluted outwards to the other smaller companies and bigger companies. And people actually just watch and hawk at these big sellers and see what they do and imitate, even with the images, even, even with whatever copyright, copy, uh, copy that they have on sales copy or whatever it is, they just kind of copy it. So as well, right now, I do have a clients that are Chinese, big sellers, you know, e-figures. They, they actually do a lot better than the American and their their images their their storyline everything everything that regarding marketing they actually do most i would say a lot better than the americans yeah and i think that can primarily be have to do with the fact that i think there's so many amazon courses for sale out there nowadays that you never really know who's behind those a lot of these guys have done such a good job promoting their instagram promoting their youtube channels that they're at the point where they can sell anything to anyone so that's an entirely different topic but the one thing that i have learned from attending almost every single event other than the new york event and the original one where anthony was at and i sent an outsourced the event to my assistant at the time with no visa which just goes to show the level i'm willing to go to gain that extra amazon knowledge we rarely see an amazon guru at a mastermind any mastermind either one of our own or one that we've been to so that's kind of a whole other interesting topic but let's talk about probably the most most asked about most intriguing topic of all topics for people. And let's find out what's happened in the past four months. I know Anthony has done a couple of stellar presentations 
on a couple different ranking tactics that people went absolutely wild for. In fact, Anthony, you were the number one speaker as voted by everyone that attended the first P. Were you speaking at the PPE 2.0? Yes, PPE 1.0. When you showed a couple different uh, tactics that you'd been using, but what have you seen since the past couple times that you've spoken at that has changed in the algorithm? I mean, we could probably jump into a lot about chatbots and Facebook traffic and things of that nature, but what has been the number one biggest change that you've seen uh, since that first PPE 1.0 and PPE 2.0? Well, in my, I guess, limited sphere of focus, it hasn't been a ton of change from Amazon's side. What we're dealing with right now is a lot of changes from the Facebook side. It's, you know, Facebook isn't Amazon and a lot of people, and you don't have to understand Facebook to sell on Amazon, but if you employ some of the tactics uh, that we teach, you, you kind of, it's unavoidable to deal with Facebook and uh, they've, they've been putting up some challenges, not having anything to do with like rebates or whatever. Ever since the elections, Facebook has just been super, super sensitive on hypersensitive mode with regard to their messenger platform. And then as a result, ManyChat has been sensitive with regard to the messaging platform. So now they have all of these, I guess they're bots that are just being sent red flags and, and false positives for everything. So a lot of people are getting ad accounts suspended and sometimes even losing their page, even though they're not breaking the rules. So navigating that has been challenging. Again, nobody's doing anything wrong. Uh, well, probably not nobody's doing anything wrong, but a lot of people aren't breaking the rules. They're not doing anything wrong. And they're still finding themselves kind of run afoul of these just stacks and stacks of TOSs. Uh, that everybody has to comply with. So what that does, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't do anything to like harm a business outside of just delay things, which can be incredibly frustrating, especially when you're in a situation like, for example, new product, got to, you know, got to sell through these 200 units fast so I can get my inventory levels up so I can do a proper ranking campaign. And then Oh no, now I'm stalled for four days because Facebook, you know, can't get their stuff together. So, I mean, that's the doom and gloom part, right? Like this is just the pains of doing business. The good news is though, on the Amazon side, I, I hate to use the words, things seem stable because they never really are. But on the Amazon side, you know, search, find, buy, full price purchases are, are still working when you can find a system to actually get those. Aside from that, we're, we discovered from like my last presentation about influencers, we discovered that Amazon, while ranking takes a lot longer, so rank really didn't stick for the product that we were testing this on until about the five week mark, which is a lot longer than you have to do for rebates. It does appear that Amazon likes it when you send traffic to their associates or when their associates send traffic to them, I should say. Because every single time our reserve inventory was back in stock, even without ranking for a lot of keywords or really hardly any, because it was a new listing, we would sell out within, within minutes, which tells me that Amazon's putting it out there somewhere. And I think that's largely because they really do like it when their associates are, are promoting the products. So it looks like as far as our strategies are concerned, 
Amazon, like we're good with Amazon, right? It's working. Amazon's rewarding us with rank, which is what we want. Now it's just a matter of navigating all the softwares and things to get that traffic, to get the product in front of the eyeballs so that we could take advantage of that. And that's, that's what I've been working on lately. All right. And are you still doing that via the social signals that you've been uh, talking about the past two events? So the actual purchases, yeah, whenever I can get the traffic, we're still using, I know we use the term social signals a lot while social is part of it. We've leaned a lot more into focusing on internal traffic. And I'm also still totally fascinated by Google and Google traffic and what Google can do. So those have been kind of the focus. So I want to broaden that phrase of social signals just because I don't really consider Google a social signal. And then internal, internal traffic is powerful, like so much more powerful, I think, than we realize. All right. And by internal traffic, Anthony, are you referring to Amazon internally, like pay-per-click and perhaps like an AMS platform or any traffic like that that's paid for? Or is it something like frequently bought together or something like that? Associated relevance. So frequently bought together is one, but really just having buyers go through competitor listings, do certain actions on those listings, and then end up back on yours and then make a purchase. That activity what Amazon has referred to many times in the past as the customer journey, it, it has a lot more weight. It's much harder to manipulate though, right? Like it's not one of those things where you can just turn on the lever and take advantage of this. Like certain things have to happen. Other things don't work. But when you can find a way to generally take advantage of that kind of activity it is ridiculously powerful. That's amazing. Howie, do you have anything to add to that? I know that you have been one of the pioneers along with Anthony in the whole social signal spaces. Uh, like you guys have coined that term. I've just gotten used to using it, even though as Anthony said, there's a lot more to it than just being a social signal. But any additional information to add to that, Howie? I know people just love to get your insight on things. You're like the Amazon whisperer. Uh, I, 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 okay, so the, the core of uh, like maybe I would say absorbing people's traffic keywords are, are the internal stuff that Anthony was talking about is how do you rank above people? You know, if we can rank above people or uh, our competitor, we would probably use the internal signals that Anthony was talking about where we actually maybe uh, go towards our when someone will actually go to a competitor's listings. Let's say one of our competitor, a customer goes to our competitor listing and then actually goes back and buys our item instead. It gives us more relevance than our competitor for that keyword. So that's where this internal traffic would help rank our keyword, a keyword on a, a listing more than the competitors, kind of absorbing their, their ranking juice for that keyword. Right. And, you know, I know that oftentimes we talk about Howie being a man of few words. You really need to get a Don Julio on him to get his inner crazy man out, as well as the secrets starting to roll. But I kind of think he's he's revealing a lot on this interview. What do you think, Anthony? Is we getting Howie, uh, he's, he's going, right? Yeah, I think what's interesting about the words that Howard speaks is, I mean, it's not that it's cryptic. It's just like, so to the point. And if people aren't paying attention... And I think, honestly, this is probably one of the reasons why most of the people that Howard deals with are super high-level sellers, because everybody else hears it, and they're like, oh, that sounds cool. They don't realize what he just told you. And uh, I'm not going to like go out of my way to try and elaborate. Like I want you all to just realize what he just said was 
pretty important. Yeah, yeah so I think we work with a lot of these uh, high-level sellers. We don't go into uh, like like other people. They usually do courses and they talk teach all these newbies how to how to sell on Amazon. We're not even we're not even that's not even our market. You know, we're we're going for the guys that really knows their stuff, especially here on the RPP 3.0. The people that we want to be here are the people that already know their stuff. We don't want the newbies come and learn. Yeah, we actually want advanced people to come to the on our PB 3.0 instead of the newbies because I don't think they're going to understand us what we talk about and everything. And I maybe I'm from a engineering background. I, I really I do a lot of you know talk with programmers and I do a lot of like high level stuff. So a lot of stuff that I don't maybe that's why we I don't communicate like like how Anthony communicates. Give that pretty picture. I just go straight to the point. Yeah, that's that's why Anthony's got a big TikTok following, Howie. He dances on there too. He dances, so uh-huh. you can't compete with the dancing man, Howie. You know, we saw it. We saw it with the the was it the Korean guy, the Gangnam Style, the Vietnamese guy. He was a Howard, dance- Howard's seen me break it down. Ask him about clubs in Shenzhen. Oh, I know, I know. I heard, I've heard about this, so I really want to witness this. Hopefully, one day we are back alive and back in action. But uh, yeah, that's why I was just saying how he's a man in a few words. Like I said, get the Don Julio on him. He might elaborate, but he might be the first anti-newbie guru out there. And as he said, even when I first started attending the very first masterminds, there was some things that still went over my head. And I actually had products that were selling. And one of the things that I wanted to get into talking about here is obviously, since I feel like Anthony is a man that needs no introduction, he's been on here a record breaking three times. He's like the, I'm not sure who holds the SNL record i think it's alec baldwin he's the alec baldwin of howie's podcast here so there's great comparison right there if you're the alec baldwin of something but going back to what i was going to say is as i said i've I've sold amazon products at the first mastermind kind of some things went over my head it took me attending a couple to actually really understand but one of the things that helped help my products dramatically was a service that you guys offer together and you guys are co-founders of a company by the name of signalytics which i have to say some of the reports that you offer are groundbreaking. They're very much your pioneers in your field. But one of the services that you guys offer that uh, it was just absolutely amazing for me and everybody that I've told since then that has actually taken on the service has also had stellar results is the AI PPC. So you guys want to talk more about how, if that's been changing, it's been a while since we t- spoke about it, but Anthony, you want to try it first and then we'll get back to how we talk a little bit more about AI with PPC and how that's completely revamping the way we do Amazon pay-per-click, which in the past has been a ton of work. Yeah. So I, I think Howard will be able to speak a lot more on this because he's a lot closer to that specific project. But I will say that I know that we've been getting pretty stellar results for clients. Like, I mean, stellar, stellar results. And it's because one of the, from my layman understanding of how this technology works, one of the really cool things about AI and machine learning algorithms is, you know, not to sound too like Terminator, but it gets smarter. And as it gets smarter, it's able to do its job better. And since we've been able to feed it so much data, that's exactly what's happening. So the AI is getting much more efficient at exploiting opportunities. And the more it exploits these opportunities, the lower it can drive costs per click and the greater profits come out of a much better ACOS. And that it's been wonderful. 
Right. And before Howie jumps on, I know there's been several really big sellers that take advantage of this service. People in upwards are making $40 million a year. But Howie, you obviously, Anthony said, you're the one that pretty much knows the most about this. So let's talk a little bit more about this particular service and how AI is completely, as I said before, revamping the way we do PPC on Amazon. So a lot of people saying that, oh, AI is like, it's not as good as how you manually do your PPC with agencies or whatnot. But I believe that it is true sometimes because AI only can do that much. If you can't, or similar to PPC, you can only do that much if your product is not organically ranking because of the related keywords or keywords suggested by Amazon to give AI the data that they need. So what it is, is that for our, what we do is actually we do this thing called manage plus AI. So it's actually PPC where we feed in the PFR reports that we were talking to you about, that you were talking about, about these keywords. We're talking about the keywords that getting the purchases, that getting the sales. So if you feed this into the AI and we can consciously, con continuously feed it in, then they'll get smarter and faster, right? So, and also we would use this, the, the, P, the PFR report also comes in, it, it has uh, ASINs, competitors ASINs. It also has like a lot of keywords that you can actually negate or negative keywords, or actually do some product discovery, product, product PDA. Yeah. And headline search ads on keywords that are actually getting the most sales. So it's just a PPC with all the, all the bells and whistles, and we just feed that data in and it, and then just runs and turns. Right. Sounds amazing. So let's talk about these reports that you guys put together. I mean, these are awesome reports, obviously, but let's talk about the importance, Anthony, of PFR in general, like if you're a seller, we'll say a mid-level seller that hasn't been using that, still been executing the standard way to do keyword research. I mean, either you're using SFR, you're using one of the many available tools out there. How much of a disadvantage are you at when you're competing with people that have higher levels of intelligence? I have been conducting keyword research, obviously plenty of deep diving into data for years. And I can tell you that we designed the PFR report specifically for the purpose of giving the most crucial data to sellers. It was designed by people who do research. I, it is like indispensable to me now. I absolutely must use this report anytime I do any kind of research because it makes it so much easier. The disadvantage that somebody has not using a PFR report is they're not going to know for sure what keywords are most to drive sales, which means from, say, for example, a PPC perspective, they're going to end up wasting money testing keywords that are ineffective. They're not going to be able to identify the mid and long tails so rapidly, so quickly that are going to bring not just sales, but also create the relevance foundation to prop up the bigger keywords. The faster, a lot of people, a lot of people fail to realize the faster you get that done, the more stable your scaling is. Speed in the Amazon algorithm ecosystem is crucial. That's the reason why the honeymoon period is a limited amount of time. That's the reason why People have been doing, like Bradley Sutton was doing his, his testing on honeymoon period using exact 
phrase in the title, the reason why that's working is because part of the strategy is literally launching like within 24 hours of having inventory available. Speed is important. If you take the long way around, it's just going to be harder for you to build that relevance. Whereas if you have the data to act fast, which is exactly what PFR does, and that's just on product purchase frequency rank. And that's not even including the other parts of uh, that report, such as my favorite. And I'm so happy that we were able to finally, you know, crack the nut to add it uh, daily need to rank, like knowing how many you need to sell in order to get on page one for that product, uh, knowing generally on average how much the top sellers are selling every day, that allows you a level of insight on the potential profit that that product has that's way better than any sales estimator. Sales estimator is good, but if you know on average how many units are actually selling, you can look at it and go, okay, this product feasibly has a profit potential of 200, 300, $500 a day. Is that worth my time? Like this data is just, if, if you don't use it, it's just going to take you so much longer to figure all that out. Right. And how, we, how about you? I know that you are going to 100% agree with Anthony as to the simple fact that people are at a huge disadvantage. But is there any parts of the reports that you, like Anthony, was talking about the daily need to rank, are your favorite parts of the report and why so? Well, the, I think that Anthony talked about, and me before, talked about what well, the good functionality of the report does. I just want to emphasize that, you know, we do have limited time for the honeymoon period. And so in that case, we, why, why do you want to waste your time and try to pan for these keywords when the keyword's right in front of you, right? So then you're first losing time, and second, you're losing money. That's the main point, point here we're talking about. All right, so uh, those are your favorite parts as well from the PFR report, the daily need to rank because you're getting to know the exact data. That's what you're saying as well, Howie, right? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So one final question for me, and then we'll see if Howie has anything to add. But Anthony, seeing as what you've seen over the past three, four months since we've seen you at the last PP, anything that you see exciting on the horizon for sellers that are out there just hustling, trying to find any new thing that they can in order to make more sales, but anything that you've seen that just excites the heck out of you? So I would say there's probably a couple of things. First of all, I am super, super stoked about my one of my latest projects, which is trying to build a, a web-based bot so that we don't have to rely on Messenger anymore because that, that serves two functions. One, you don't have to worry about running afoul of all of these different you know rules for Messenger. But two, it'll allow you to run uh, rebate campaigns uh, using other ad platforms. Like, because you can't run Messenger rebate campaigns on Snapchat. You don't even know, like who on Snapchat is going to go into Messenger. So that's really cool. I'm excited about that because I really think that's going to help other sellers because I'm excited about it helping me. Secondly, I'm really excited about the potential of further utilizing and, and really kind of diving into how influencer marketing is going to usher in like the next era of scaling and success for Amazon sellers. Amazon sellers are just now understanding how they might be able to utilize different types of influencers. I introduced everybody to the concept 
of coupon influencers. But, you know, now we're starting to dive into like, what about nano influencers and, and how do you activate like regular users that have a little bit of a following? The data is so fascinating to dive into, but I really think that data is going to illuminate strategies for all of us to take advantage of an opportunity that's practically untapped now that social media has become so much more pervasive than it was nowadays every like whereas before there was kind of a slow adoption to things like facebook and instagram now it's like you know everybody's on at least one platform but how many total there's so much cross platform usage the age ranges are changing rapidly older generations are adopting social media at unprecedented levels. So I'm really excited about the potential that that holds as well. Awesome. Sounds, sounds pretty amazing. I actually like the sound of a lot of that. Howie, how about you? What do you see? We haven't heard from you for about three, four months in terms of an official presentation, but what excites you that's on the horizon for Amazon sellers, both new and old? And, you know, we'll eliminate the noobs. We, we know how you feel about them. Let's go with the, the, the standard everyday Amazon seller who is your demographic. Well, this whole PPE 3.0 is all about two things. I think we're mainly going to focus on topics of like maybe AI, PPC, plus we're going to talk about outside external traffic into Amazon. So a lot of these things that we're going to go into at this event, which is actually what is Anthony talking about? Why is that? Why is Amazon trying to have all these new programs such as influencer marketing, influencer associates? Or why do we have these buttons on the very bottom of the, of the product display where uh, under the uh, buy box for Pinterest or, or, or what's that, whatever it is, you know, why do they have that? Because Amazon wants outside traffic to come in. They want these influencers. They want these free uh, traffic from external sites instead of having, you know, them trying to get these customers in. They want free, kind of like free traffic coming in. So that's really important for them. And that's why they give so much value into it. Amazing. So outside traffic is the name of the game. And just to let everybody know, before we get the last words from Howie and Anthony here, PPE 3.0 is coming up. And many of the speakers at that event are some of the largest external traffic drivers to e-com. So you're going to hear from really fantastic people that have a ton of experience and have a ton of big name clients. And you'll also hear from, I think this is the first ever, it's a nine-figure Amazon seller. Is that right, Howie? $150 million per year Amazon seller. So that's going to be exciting. We've got another $20 million a year Amazon seller. So we'll see. There's no telling what these two can answer and what secrets will come out. And as you guys saw, the people that attended last event ranted and raved about Patrick, who also is a $50 million a year seller. And even before that, people ranted and raved about Travis, Travis killing it, Killian, who's a $50 million a year Amazon seller. So again, some of the biggest nuggets of value have come from those people, as well as people like Anthony Lee, who is a pioneer in Amazon ranking. He's been doing Amazon ranking even longer than the dinosaurs were in existence almost. <laughs> he's the dinosaur of Amazon ranking. That's why I love this guy. And he's a pretty good dancer. So maybe we can get him to do some dance moves live virtually. I know that will uh, really get a lot of people fired up. But 
If you want to find out more information on attending PPE 3.0, head on over to howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three. And again, you can find out all the dirty details on that, as well as right now, we currently have early bird pricing. So you get in for the same price that regular mastermind attendees or people that are in this brotherhood slash sisterhood get in for the event. And there's a ton of cool bonuses and a lot of cool people. As soon as we finish rounding up these podcasts, we will make sure to do a webinar. Howie, how does that sound? We'll do a webinar. We'll recap the five biggest things we learned on this podcast. And we will make sure that you guys have all that information right at your fingertips. So last words from you, Howie, before we say goodbye. And I give that PPE link again. The last, uh, the last words, huh? Just come guys, do it. Just do it. Just don't, do don't, it. That's don't 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 just. You, said. you know the stuff that we're doing right now is it's really game changing. You know we don't want we want you to come out and really learn this stuff and really improve your business with it. So that's why we really want to give this to you. So you guys come on in and and learn learn from what learn from the best. Absolutely. And as we know, previously, the previous event, not even a hurricane could stop us, Howie. I had my balcony furniture out behind me. And even though the hurricane passed through Miami, we still rocked that event. So guys and girls, you will make some fantastic friends. You will learn some fantastic strategies and you get to listen into the most innovative Amazon speakers out there. So Anthony, any last words from you before we say goodbye? And just, you know, echo what Howard said get, you know, absorb that knowledge and then put it, put it to, I mean, that's what the big, like the guys speaking at these events, like that's what they do. That's what, you know, like they, they learn these strategies and they put them into practice. So it's like, how do you be like them? Do what they do. And this is part of it. Yeah. You know, the way that I hacked myself into this guys and girls, as I said, let me just become the best possible speaker I can and then team up with somebody like Howie. So now I get to learn all this fantastic Amazon knowledge absolutely for free, which is a blessing. And as I said, I will be live hosting the event with my co-host Howie, and he will be bringing the heat too because he brings the heat every single time. So I'm fired up to see what Howie's gonna talk about. I hope you're fired up. That link again is howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three. And again, we are having early bird pricing for the next couple of weeks. So jump on in at a 50% discount and we will see you live on the 15th and 16th. So again, thank you so much for joining us. This was an exciting episode, although we had to chicken wing it, but I think it went all right. I always like my wings with a little extra spice. And I think that this episode brought it. So have a fantastic day, everyone. Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics, both on and off Amazon.